Welcome to the show, everybody. We have some more extra content. Uh, I see things a little differently. And I wanted to review this show. I was going back and forth about it, and um, I just didn't know um, what I wanted to do, and if I wanted to do it or not, and, uh, and uh, Jonathan Nestor convinced me to do it. But um, if you have not watched The Boys Season 2 or The Boys Season 1, don't watch this, or excuse me, don't listen to this. Uh, unless you don't care. Like me personally, I, if I'm into something, I wouldn't care. I would just continue listening. Um, this is going to be a review on The Boys Season 2. And I'm not going to go episode by episode. You have, you have tons of stuff on YouTube for that. Um, I have no interest in doing that as well. Um, but I just want to give an overview of it and tell you, to me, the Easter eggs I caught. And I'm actually going to re-watch it this weekend. Because as I record this, this is Thursday night. I'm going to release this in a couple weeks. Um, but I'm going to re-watch it just to see the things I kind of missed. Um, but like to me, certain just aspects of, cause I've read the comics. I own the comics, I own the graphic novels or whatever. I enjoyed the story. Garth Ennis, if you know anything about him, you should know he hates superheroes. He hates just tights. He's, he's so different in that way. Like he's the guy that created Preacher, um, uh, and some other stuff, but like he, I believe this story, the boy, I believe it won a couple of awards. Um, I, I don't know what they are, though, but I believe it won a couple of awards. It's it's so different. The boys, if you don't know, is based off of uh, Gar- Garth and the story where um, it's uh, in the comics. Now, it's a group uh, led by the butcher and it's a group that's uh, the whole job. They're funded by the government, by the way, and their whole job is to keep superheroes in check they call them soups and and the boys and so in the comics it's a government-led team um in seasons one and two it's not government funded matter of fact they're completely um off the richter they're off the reservation because of different motivations um that looks like it's gonna be changing though but um the story starts with the main character I guess you could say there's two main characters in The Butcher and Huey, but really Huey is the more sentimental figure. That's the one you kind of follow more at first, in my opinion, and then you get into more of The Butcher's story and everyone else. But Huey, he gets involved because he is uh, on the street with his girlfriend at the time, and she's run over by A-Train, who's a speedster who's stuck on Compound V. Compound V is a drug that's given to, to, to soups, um... And it gives them powers. And sometimes they can overdose on those powers. Um, well, anyways, um, it's pretty much the same in the se- in season one, how Huey gets involved in all of it. But Huey's overall a good guy. Uh, but that's the, the overview of it. Now, that's the comic book version now. The, the liberties they take with the boys, Amazon Prime, to me, has... How do I put this? So I feel like the the Marvel Netflix deal, I believe it is it's, it's controversial. You have four shows: Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil. Then you had the Defenders, right? Five shows technically. I think the only show that was universally praised was Daredevil. To me, Daredevil had two good seasons and one subpar season. Uh, and I'll, matter of fact, I'll do this right. So to me, Daredevil had. 10 out of 10 for season one, six out of 10 for season two. I say 
yeah, I'm going to say 6 out of 10 for season 2 and 10 out of 10 for season 3. Jessica Jones had to, I'll give her the same exact rating for all three seasons I gave to Daredevil. Iron Fist was a 6 out of 10 season 1 and a, a 6 out of 10 for season 2. So it was still consistent. Um, to me, Luke Cage had season 1, 10 out of 10 and two, season 2, 10 out of 10. Now I'm explaining why. Then, then it's going to kind of make sense where I'm going with the boys, right? To me, the, the downfall, which drops season two in Daredevil for me, is they were trying to serve so many masters. You had to introduce Elektra. You had to introduce more stick. You had to introduce... Now, I understand this now. I completely understand this. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying what brought it down. You had to introduce the Punisher. And then you had to introduce the, the dynamic between Punisher and and uh, Karen Page. And, um, and so it's like one of those things where you have to serve so many masters that you get to a point where it's just like, all right, you're, you're torn in so many directions. And then the, the outcome you have, is kind of like, all right, this is the lead up to the defenders. And it's kind of like, this is too much. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it just, it just felt too much, you know, cause the shows are already slow and plotting, which I absolutely am okay with. But then you make it even slower. And then you have just the dynamic of Foggy and Karen trying to talk uh, Matt out of uh, being Daredevil. It's kind of like, come on, dude. You all you all know he has a death wish. Why are you trying to deny this? You know, it's just certain things that you know. But the one thing I will say about all the shows, and the same thing with Jessica Jones. To me, I think I thought season two, they tried to fit, they tried to force too much in. You know, and I thought just, it, just, it was just like, ugh. The character development, to me, went the wrong place in that. Iron Fist was just... I think the showrunner was kind of just doomed once he didn't do season one, one right. Um, Luke Cage, to me, the showrunner knew the essence of Harlem, New York. Knew the he- essence of Luke Cage. And, the, dude, when he when I found out that Bushmaster was going to be the villain in season two, I immediately texted Jonathan Esther and said, Do you know who the villain for season two is? He's like, no, who... I was like the freaking Bushmaster. You have to dig deep into Luke Cage lore to know who Bushmaster is. That is, to me, right there, made me fall in love. I was like, before I saw a second of it, and I found out this, I think it was like, what was it? Maybe like months before it even came, season two even came out. And my first thought was, just you have to know lore, the lore of it. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, to me, I just think it always had perfect balance. And I think that's where seasons one and three for both Jessica Jones and Daredevil did. They always had that perfect balance, and I never felt too stretched out, you know? Well, anyways, to me, Amazon Prime is like Luke Cage. Both seasons have done a great job of not just taking the source material and saying, hey, we need to do this for the nerds or whatever. They have done a great job of just saying, huh, how can we take this... That came out, I think, in 2002 or whatever. Update it to modern day, but keep the essence of it. The gore, the ridiculousness, uh, the, 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 not just the violence, but like the, the, uh, the knowledgeable violence is what I'm going to call it. The, the violence for a reason, not just to kill everybody, you know. To me, um, they, they, they upped it. And I know some people aren't happy because they made Stormfront. Stormfront is a woman in the show. 
Uh, Stormfront's technically a man. A Nazi's a Nazi in any, in any language to me. Any color, any gender. A Nazi's bad either way. <laughs> so, you know, doesn't matter to me, you know? I, I do think she, uh, I don't know her real name, but I do think Stormfront, whoever the, whoever the woman that played the character, I don't know her real name, I do believe she did a great job playing him. Playing her, excuse me, playing the character. Um, uh, he, you, I don't think you could add to a character like that. You could only be hated. And I, I think she did a good job of being hated. Um, uh, and to me, you know what is actually a really cool story? I'm going to tell you guys this. It's, it's on topic. So a couple of years ago when I got, I got invited to New York Comic Con, and I was with a friend. Uh, and so... Uh, my friend was like, "Hey, let's let's leave because the New York the convention center was, is freaking huge." And so he was like, "Hey, let's go and just do some stuff offsite, you know, because they had some still holding some panels offsite or whatever." So I go and I was I was with him. We we're just kind of hanging out, you know. Uh, and so we went to this uh, up and comers panel held by some magazine. We didn't know who was there. We just kind of went there. And so we're kind of there, we're talking, whatever. So look at this white guy. I was like, this white guy looks really, really familiar. This is before season one of uh, The Boys came out, by the way. And um, I'm sitting there, I'm like, that that white boy looks familiar. I've seen him somewhere. He's like, in a show? I was like, nah, not in a show, somewhere else. Well, anyways, he begins, begins talking, and it turns out he's Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son. If you don't know who that is, just Google it. Because Meg Ryan has probably the most famous fake orgasm scene in movie history. And Dennis Quaid has been around for forever. I was like, oh, I know exactly who that is. That is the guy who plays Huey in The Boys. Because I saw the casting list, right? So, like, that was just cool. And I talked to him for a few minutes. Super nice guy, super humble, whatever. But, like, he was, like, really worried. Because he was like, hey, do you know anything about The Boys? So, yeah, I own... I own the comics, you know, I enjoy the comics. He's like, really? He's like, all right, cool. He's like, I'm really worried because they're sticking to, like, a lot of what the, the comic, the source material is. Like, he said when he read it, he liked it, but he was like, dude, I don't know how this is going to translate to live action. I said, dude, have you, if you, I asked him, I said, have you seen Preacher? He was like, yeah. I was like, it's going to translate just fine. <laughs> you know? And that was before I seen a clip or anything of it. Now, they, to me, they, when I say they up the ante, what I mean is, when you change the characters the way you do, you have to then uh, kind of change their stories. And to me, Stormfront's story makes sense. Um, and also, it it I, I love every character's motivations in there. To me, even if a character doesn't have a ton of screen time, like the guy who plays Gus Fring in Breaking Bad is pretty much... Uh, Stormfront's clearly a main antagonist in this season two, right? As well as uh, Homelander. But uh, Gus Fring's character, I can't, I'm keep calling Gus Fring because I don't know his real name. Sorry, guys. But um, he he's definitely a threat, and he's still gonna be a threat in season three. I, I just you just know it after the twist they had. And so uh, I'll get to that by the way. Um, but Gus Fring, he. I want to say, out of all the antagonists, he probably has the least amount of screen time. But what he does with that screen time, what they do, what they edit, what they write with him on that screen time is so valuable because you learn so much. You know, it's just like, once again, and I don't know how much total time he spent on screen. But let's just say, hypothetically, he spent, 
uh, the eight episodes, he spent a grand total of 40 minutes, 50 minutes on screen time, right? All 50 minutes mean something, especially at the end of the season. You know what I'm saying? Every moment just feels like, this is tension. This is like, this is not good for our our, our protagonist, you know? Um, There's always more, it's always deeper. Um, To me also, um, uh, to me also, you also have, um, like the Easter eggs I saw, right? There's one cover where all the boys are sitting watching a television. Episode 7 you get that visual. You have Starlight and her mom in the room as well, so it's like not the exact cover, but at one point in time, they cut a perfect shot, and you see uh, the woman looking up, and that's her name. She's, well, that's not her real name, but that's what they call her, but the woman looking up, and you see you have all the boys just sitting there watching. Um, As soon as I saw that, I popped huge. I was like, that's the cover. That's the freaking cover. I popped freaking huge for that. Another moment that came straight out of the comic books was the very end with Butcher and uh, and a woman that used to work for the CIA. She's going back to CIA, and she says, straight from the source material, she says, hey, just so you know, your boys have been cleared of all charges, uh, even of the things you have done. When she said that, I popped it. I said, that's straight from the comic. You know, there's tons of moments like that, that they... I, and I and I hate saying, well, they did they had fan service, they had fan service. No, they just... Dude, let's be honest. Like, I remember having a conversation with Jonathan Esther, right? When I saw um, a movie on Netflix. And right now the name is escaping me. Um, but it had... Uh, I have a crush on her. Uh, now, now I have to look it up. Um, what it is. Because um, I, 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 I thought it was a Netflix original. But then he schooled me and said, no, this is a graphic novel. You know what I'm saying? And I can't remember what it was. Um, I can't remember who the actress actress's name is. Um, let me hold on one second. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up because this is going to bother me. Because um, I really did think. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Crap! Now it's gonna take me to actual Netflix. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I didn't want to do this. It's just—it's terrifying. No, what I want. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it because because I can't—I just can't think of it. I can't think of her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna find it as soon as I hang up. I mean, as soon as I stop recording. But um, yeah, here is right here the old guard and um. And um and I so the only reason I watched it because I like I, I have a crush on the main character I can't remember her name, but um I was like I, I told Jonathan Esser I was like dang man that was a good that was pretty that was pretty damn good, and she was like he was like oh you didn't know this was because I said this was original like, it was like oh you didn't know and he showed me and he said he read he says a great comic book I'm actually gonna pick it up at some point in time but anyways um all this stuff is source material so they they should be using this stuff so it's not that they just they, they did fan service no. They, they they did a great job because they took the source material. They said, how can we enhance it? And not just enhance it, but make it to where it's acceptable, not just to our fans, but to, to new fans. And to me, if you don't enjoy blood and guts and a bunch of cursing, it's not going to be your thing. Period, right? But it, trust me, Garth Ennis is terrible. He is capital terrible, all letters. So a lot of stuff they're 
they're doing is pretty tame compared to the comic book. You know what I'm saying? It's really freaking tame. And all the actors and actresses are in. They all play their parts really, really well. Um, I I enjoy it. I enjoyed every minute of it. And to me, this may be the new norm of of eight episodes. And I had wondered in my WandaVision uh, episode that I was like, how are you going to do six episodes? Well, what the boys did was, even with every eight, all eight episodes, except for one, it's over an hour. And even the one that's not over an hour, it's 54 minutes. So to me, that, that thing they did with The Wire on HBO, and I, I reviewed that already, where every episode was pretty much over an hour, and the ones that weren't over an hour were still 54, 55 minutes. So it's kind of like, you're still getting an hour. you know. To me, that made it feel even more special. Because now it's like, okay, they were, they, they, not special, yeah, special. Because, like, now it's like, all right, they're, they're not just rushing all this stuff. They're making it worth it, you know, since when you watch it, you're invested, you know, for eight full freaking hours, and it just, it just means something, you know? And, um, to me, like I said, I don't like giving ratings. I just give ratings because it makes things easier for people to comprehend, in my opinion. But, um, personally, I thought season two was 10 out of 10. I thought the way it started to the way it ended, I thought everybody had, I thought everyone was treated very well. As far as the time they had, it, it just, when, when, and once they treated well, I mean, everyone's motivations made sense. You know, like Queen Maeve went from being, like, if you look at her, even in the comics, by the time Starlight comes into the story, like, which is pretty early in the book, which is pretty early here, she's broken. Queen Maeve is, like, giving her terrible advice. Like, just you get used to it. You can tell Queen Maeve's given up. By the end, Queen Maeve is now blackmailed Homelander. Homelander is their version of Superman. He is completely overpowered. So for him to for her to take that risk after just 20 minutes before saying she wouldn't, you know, I, I wonder where that leaves her and Starlight for season three because they went back to the freaking seven, you know, and by the way, if you don't know, the Seven is their version of the Justice League or the Avengers, however you want to see it. But like pretty much Vought is the ones who superheroes in this world are big business and the Seven are like their puppets pretty much. You know, like they, they go out, they promote, they go out and sign action figures. Like they are real life, you know, superheroes, but they are real life superheroes that are at Comic-Con every day, you know, um, and Homelander's one well, his one human weakness, I should say, is that he needs to be loved. He needs it. So he's he's really taking on Superman, if you really want to be honest, as we already know. But um, it left so many questions. But to me, so much character development and so many things where you kind of just see some people give up, some people don't give up, some people are just like, this is just this is not just my future. I'm going the extra miles, the extra mile, excuse me. To, to do it, and I think it's worth the watch, like I said, for me, it's one thing if it's a 23-episode arc, but for it being eight episodes, both seasons, 16 hours, I think you could dedicate a couple weeks to it, we could watch an episode here, episode there, but I think because it, it'll be so engrossing to you, you'll be like, alright, what's freaking next, and then you have the twist at the end of season two, where you have, and I, I've seen some some heat on this, because... Um, I don't 
once again, everything for I believe everything is political. <laughs> so I do know they took another character that was a man. He was Vought in the comic books. He is Vought's. Uh, matter of fact, let me get his name because uh, his his name I can see his name, but um, I can't see I, I can see his name, but I can't say it. Um, let me see. Uh, one second. I'm doing this again. I hate doing this, but it's like it just it just makes freaking sense. Um, so that way I can actually give the name. So that way when you guys watch it, you guys will be like, okay, this is who he was talking about. All right, hold on one second. I'm pulling up the list. Uh, 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 uh. And she's not on it for some reason. She has to be on it. Oh, it's giving me her real name. That's why. <laughs> I'm about to find out the, the, the for a fake name. One second. Look, look, look. Is that she from Australia? Had no clue. Hold on a second, her name right here. Victoria Newman, yeah. So in the comic books, Newman is a guy, he's a complete puppet for Vought. He does, he's an idiot too, but he does whatever they tell him to. And I believe he even, even, I haven't read the book in a long time, but I believe he even becomes like president of the United States, right? So in this, Victoria Newman, who is supposed to be a takeoff of uh, Cortez, I believe she's a politician, current politician. My hands are currently up, you can't see, but my hands up. Whatever that means. Apparently, she's controver- a controversial figure right now in our world. Um, so apparently, this woman's a takeoff her, and she, she supposedly looks like her, uh, from what I would have been told. And so people don't like that because they're kind of like, oh, they're playing off current events, blah, blah, blah. But because I have not been infected by that, <laughs> maybe that's why I'm kind of good on that, you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, but yeah, so at the end, it's revealed that Victoria. Now, mind you, in the comic books, this is not this is not the case. But in the show, Victoria Newman is found to be a soup, even though she's one of the most outspoken soups there is. So to me, that's why uh, uh, Gus Fring's uh, character is so uh, worrisome in season three, because it looks like they've their superheroes and Vought are getting more power, and now she's over. Newman's over. A government-funded uh, group to hold soups in control. Now, how do you think Butcher and the group will be will feel about being controlled when they find out? You know, there's so many questions. But they were they were actually. Um, I know some people were kind of worried. They're like, well, what well, season three? Uh, I believe Amazon before the show before episode. I mean, excuse me, before season two even dropped. Uh, I believe Amazon in like July when the first trailer dropped. Or was it June? June or July. Whenever the first trailer dropped, they, they dropped a trailer. Then they dropped the first five minutes, uh, which I didn't watch. That's the biggest tease. I'm not watching that. Anyways, um, what what ended up happening was once that dropped and they saw uh, they saw the views they got, whatever, they immediately renewed it for season three. So it was it was getting a season three even if this wasn't a thing. You know, now it's gonna be a longer wait because it may come out like. November, December next year, because who knows when they're going to start filming for it because of what's going on with COVID. But um, to me, I gave it a 10 out of 10 
because even with the revealing, because that's one thing, because with everything else going on, even for as much attention to detail as I am with these shows, I completely forgot to ask the question, who was the head popper? Because a bunch of heads are popping throughout the entire season two. And like, it came to uh, a head and at, the end of, at the end of season, excuse me, at the end of episode seven. You're like, what the hell happened? But once episode eight starts, it's so fast paced and it's so like it's now we got to help get Ryan back, who is Butcher's wife's son. Now we got to do this. We got to do that. You're on this, this journey where you're going back and forth. And for me, I completely forgot about the head popper. And it wasn't until the final minutes when a guy, uh, a guy who owns pretty much a Scientology church gets his head popped. I'm like, holy crap. Then they reveal who it is, and it's Victoria Newman. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. Um, and then you see it, but then you start remembering all the scenes she was in with it, and it just, it just makes sense of who it was. But I remember thinking to myself, what the hell is this mean? But my, my first thought was, what the hell does this mean? But also, she's in cahoots with Vought. And now they, she's just gotten more and more power. Now Homelander is tamed. But also, Stormfront's not even dead. But Stormfront looks like she's she's in a bad way, you know, but she's not dead at all. You know, so like, how's all these things going to play into it? Uh, it's it's very, very interesting to me. So I would give both season one and season two a watch. Like I said, it's 16 episodes altogether. They're all an hour each. To me, if you don't have anything else you're doing... I think you can watch this and binge it, and it'll be a good time. Um, but I wanted to do a review on it um, after, after I was talking into it. To me, it deserves some some shine, and hopefully, it can at least go on until season four and then end. Um, but like, or, or, or even longer. But I'm just saying, like, hopefully, they can keep this up. But they set. I was ha- very happy with season one. They truly set a bar with season two. So they need to maintain that season three. And that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough act to follow, uh, especially if we start digging on, and more into the pos- cracking my knuckles. Especially if we start digging into, into more of the politics of everything. I know some people after this year will be completely over politics, but um, we'll see. I think it can last though. So, anyways, man, that's your that's your review of the boys. Go check it out. I think it's a great show. Um, I don't even go back and read the comic books, guys. It's like it's gory. It's graphic, uh, so if you're into those kind of comics, that is your thing. Go to your local store, or even get it from Amazon. Pick up all four graphic novel issues. So, that's Soul Chemical, and I'm out.